Drug, drunk, pissy, uh, sipping whizzy while she smoking sticky. Uh, Pumping big buns, so you know the Bronx. Yeah. When we fuck with me, come from them uptown avenues with them hustlers that make bread, serving more than a bird or two. If we never heard of you, it's nothing to discuss. And life's a bitch that I love to fuck for the rush. Yeah. They don't get it, sack to sell with the bucks. Might as well spend it up, nothing in life's ever enough, huh? If you came from the bottom, none of these niggas wanna problem. Cause we out here getting money. Welcome to the show. Uh, we finally get to kick the second part off of our day. It's been a busy day. Got an episode with Luis Alejandro. We talked about the protests that are going on. Um, and today's guest is DJ Extraordinaire, Walshy Fire. How you doing? I'm good, my brother. How are you? We're good. We're good. In, in, in these uh, strange times that are going on in the world right now. But we're good. We're alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's good for you, man. Because, you know, the thing kind of different right now. So we just have to give thanks, you know? Yeah. So who's Walshy Fire? And what exactly does he do for some of our listeners? I think... Rose. I think, yeah, we're frozen. This is Jamaica, so I had to just adjust some stuff, you know, but I'm good now. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, who's Walshy Fire? What's he about? And welcome. Welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody can just Google that, man. Let's get to some. (laughs) Let's get to it. I love it. So right now, um, you're obviously... Let's let's be let's take it back because obviously we're in some crazy times right now. Everything's mm-hmm. kind of gone from zero to sixty very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from experiencing quarantine and COVID, so let's kind of start there. Obviously, we had uh-huh. a routine. You had you know you were doing your shows. Your album came out. You were doing a, 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 you know, you have Roman bass in Miami. You have your, you know, you kind of, everybody kind of has a flow already going on. And then yeah. obviously COVID happens. Um, Stop the flow. Yeah. How, how did that impact you? Like with everything that you were doing? Cause you do a lot. Yeah. It impacted me the same way it impacted most people, but most importantly, a lot of people lost lives and I did not, um, I did lose an aunt, but I didn't, um, I, I didn't, uh, but she was uh, uh, very elderly, so there wasn't much of um, a, a much uh, like shock to the system there. Um, but you know, it's very uh, sad to hear how much people went through. So what I went through, I don't think uh, compares to what other people went through. And so for me, um, I dare not speak um, about myself at this time because I'm blessed. I'm all right. Uh, a lot of people went through a lot of worse things, and so you know, we look to them and say, "Yo, big up." Uh, hold your head up and, um, you know, we hope you uh, come out of this as we start to get back to normal um, with a new clearer vision on on uh, on the world and the things that matter in it. I know that there's a lot of heavy things happening right now, but obviously we want to also be positive in these times. What are some things that you have been doing or enjoying 
because right now you get to take a, ta- a, a like a step back. You know, you're re- you're really busy. You're always trying to work and make music and make money and provide and do what you need to do mm-hmm. for the family. And mm-hmm. obviously right now we're in a space where we actually get to enjoy more family time. You're obviously back in Jamaica. You're with mm-hmm. surrounded by family. What's something that you've been enjoying during these um, obviously difficult times? Yeah, just the creative process that I missed. Um, when you're on tour, there's a lot of time and energy. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to hear about that, but it, it is difficult. Uh, and I was doing about 300 shows a year. And so there's a lot of um, toxic things that come into your immediate, um, you know, vibration. And so when I finally got a chance to disconnect and get away from all that toxic stuff, like I, I feel a lot healthier. I've lost about 11 pounds. Um, I think I, I look better. You know, I think I've been able to clear my mind and delete a lot of the mental files um, on a lot of things that were just in, unimportant. I, I was very much used to that routine. Um, and now I'm kind of used to a routine where I go to bed very early and I wake up very early. I exercise every single day. And I ain't gonna lie to you guys, I eat mangoes every single day. You know what I'm saying? So I'm living in a place now where fresh food fresh air. Um, I, 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 I take a hike up the mountain every single day. Um, there's nowhere to drive to. There's nowhere to hang out. There's nowhere to drink. None of that's happening, you know? And so I get a chance to really uh, give my body some bounce back, you know? That's awesome. I know, obviously, like now moving, you know, we, we're obviously driving now through a process of what the quote unquote new normal is or will be with COVID. I know we're especially in Miami for me was a shock because I was living in New York for, you know, since October through Mm -hmm. COVID, I just came back to Miami about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's really been a shock to see the difference between New York and Miami and how they're taking this whole process You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even walk out of my doorstep without having my mask and my gloves on and glasses Mm -hmm. and my head covered and, you know, covered head to toe, ready to go outside. We're here. It's Mm -hmm. like we only put our mask on to go literally in the supermarket. We Mm -hmm. walk outside and it's over and done with. So it's been a completely different process, obviously. How do you see it? Um, I mean, most of Wynwood is halfway opened. You know, most of these places are slowly reopening again. How do you feel with, especially, you know, you work in your project, like Rum and Bass. How do you feel that process is going to look moving forward in this new post-COVID world? Yeah, I don't know. And I can't predict the future, but I'm going to do my best to prepare myself. Um, But again, I have to go back to saying that people are going through so much real stuff right now that uh, that's probably like kind of like, um, just far on the list of things that I'm thinking about. So, you know, there's a lot more things that are happening right now that are much more impactful than me planning any parties or doing anything like that. You know, we'll get back to that when we get back to that. And that'll be fine. I'm absolutely okay with that. Chris is just joining us in. He was uh, off for a little bit. So I'm sure you've, seen in the news that there's a lot of protesting over the death of George Floyd. Um, 
we were just talking on an episode on how distractions could remove you from what the focus and the goal at hand is. The media is now portraying the protesters as looters. Is that something that, how's that being viewed in, in Jamaica? Because you're not in the States, you're in a different country. Yeah, moment. it's not being viewed. It's not being viewed at all in Jamaica. You know, I, I don't think, um, you know, I, I'm sure you guys are Caribbean as well. They're doing, they don't know what the heck's going on, you know, and yeah. they're not worried about it. And they got their own real third world issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, let's be very honest, man. Um, third world issues are year round. They don't just yeah. kind of like pop up. And so where we are is unemployment's always been low. There's no one here with a job. Um, you know, there's no um, leveling up and becoming, you know, there's none of that's happening, none of it. So uh, you don't see any real acknowledgement of it here because it's not affecting here. Um, but with that being said, you know, I'm affected, of course. I, I you know, uh, I live in Miami still. I still have all my stuff in America. I still do a bunch of stuff there. And, uh, you know, I wish I was standing next to everybody. Uh, as far as the question is of looting, I think that um, what we have to do is uh, use these platforms um, and these chances that we get to talk to focus way more on the things that, that matter yeah. um, than the things that don't, like, like looting. Uh, looting really doesn't matter. Um, it's not the topic. Uh, and like you said, uh, it, yeah, we can use a word like distraction or, you know, things like that. So what I would love is uh, just to not probably go down those distractive things, um, mm-hmm. not become a part of the distraction or amplifying the distraction. My opinion on looting is who cares? Nobody cares mm-hmm. about my opinion on looting. Um, there's a way bigger thing happening, a way bigger and way more important thing happening um, than, um, than anything about looting at all. Okay, Jayla. I mean, obviously with all these things kind of going on, what are, um, is there anything that you're particularly working on or working with, um, in the coming days? Cause I know everything's, everything's been evolving. I know we, everybody kind of had quarantine plans and what they were dropping and everybody's, whether they're dropping their music or they're dropping projects or they're dropping teasers, there's something obviously with what's going on right now, a lot of that has kind of been pushed back or halted and, and there's other incentives obviously right now there's other um, projects and, and initiatives and things that were obviously more focused on that are, like you said earlier, obviously more important. Um, is there anything particular that you're working on or with um, that you'd like to share or speak upon? Um, no. Um, you know, I was doing this thing before all of um, this recent uh, George Floyd incident. I was doing a thing called Sound Clashes, uh, which are basically like DJ battles on a Sunday. Um, I'm not going to do that for a little while. Um, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make music for a little while. I'm not going to really focus on, um, the things that I think were personally part of my 
my daily process and my weekly process, my new normal. You know, it's like a whole nother new normal is now upon me. And I want to say upon anyone else who cares about what's going on. So, um, you know, three months ago, it was a new normal. And you were like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. And then uh, George Floyd uh, gets murdered. And then it's like, okay, now this is the new normal. Now this is, this is the, you know, so focuses keep turning. And, um, and so, yeah, we just focus on, uh, you know, talking about that issue and helping the people that need to get help um, that, that help and hoping that people can really look um, at the situation and realize that it's something that has been needed to uh, be addressed for a very, very, very long time. And I know for a lot of people, this is actually really emotionally draining because I know that it takes back to, even for some people, a lot of generations back. So obviously, and, and it's hard conversations all the way around. I shared earlier in the conversations that we had that I'm even battling this because my daughter, you know, I'm obviously a white Latina. I can't hide that any way, shape or form. But my daughter is a Afro-Latina. You know, her, her, it's very clear as day where we're very much, she says it, mommy, I'm brown, you're white. You know, and she's very clear to that. And um, a lot of these conversations are so important to just be kind of had, you know, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I, it, it's it's a good a thing that I think at this point we get to have these conversations, share these conversations. And I know that it's very much switched everybody's perspective on things. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said before, um, you know, some people care, some people don't care. So for maybe the people that don't care, uh, maybe it's business as usual. But I, I seem to doubt that even the people who don't care about George Floyd or don't care about uh, Black Lives Matter, that they aren't um, affected in some way. And that could be totally adverse to how I'm affected or to how anyone else um, um, who's dealt with police uh, negatively is affected. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is a, it seems like a global thing. Um, there are places that I didn't even know were dealing with this that have protested. I've watched uh, my friends in Holland. I've watched my friends in Paris. I've watched all of them uh, go out there and protest and get this. Um, so, thank you. So yeah, so I've watched everybody um, deal with it the way that uh, um, I guess silently for a very long time, and now they're dealing with it publicly. And I think that's the best thing right now is to keep the conversation and keep the pressure on a subject that um, is out of it's out of control. You know, um, it's out of control. It's out of control. It's, it's, it's very, very, very much out of control. It's a sad situation. You know, I live in Jamaica. This is a black country. This is an African country. 90% of the people here are African. Um, so it's not the same here. But for some reason, there is still some police brutality. It's still a thing. It's still a thing where, um, you know, they get a badge and a gun and they get indoctrinated into a culture um, where they do feel above the law. And they feel as if there shouldn't be any checks and balances. And so I'm really hoping that the discussions that are coming, you know, now as we speak and after will address these issues. 
So earlier we were talking about <clears throat> the history of policing and how. Man, I should have been on that earlier conversation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's something that's happening now. No? It's just now it, it, it's being recorded and it, it's being played out. Um, and, and now some people that, you know, it wasn't important to them. They see that it is important to them now because of the level of humanity. You know, uh, somebody right. lost them. Uh, yeah, and here's and here's a here's the big thing, right? Is I always think that people kind of go, "Well, it's not happening to me, yeah. so who cares?" Um, but you know, I, I I don't know how everyone else says it, but here in Jamaica we have the the English version, which is you know, uh, today for me, tomorrow for you, and so mm. these things need to be checked, not not because. Um, you guys, you know, uh, or, or anybody out there really, you know, knew a particular person or, or had that experience happen to them because it's wrong. And because if you don't say something, yes, it could happen to you. You could find yourself um, with a police officer pointing a gun in the window of your face, regardless of what you look like. And that person could decide that they don't like a movement that you're making or they don't like the, sp the speed that you're responding, you're responding. And for some reason, his training has him so fearful that he's deciding whether you live or not on the spot. And so we want that to stop. We want that to stop. We want that decision-making ability to stop. It should not be that. There should be a whole system of things that happen before we get to that point. And that's the issue that I think we're dealing with, you know? So at this moment in time, there's a big movement to have the police department defunded. Um, there were some figures and some facts that were mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm going to use the example that they use. Uh, for every dollar that is invested into NYPD, there's 17 cents of that dollar also invested into uh, what's it called? Crazy DHS, the Department of, of Homelessness. And, and in New York City, there's a big uh, problem with the homeless. Mm -hmm. uh, when the mayor took on, he shut down a lot of those centers. And now those individuals don't have resources or places to go. So just the amount of money that's invested into the police department, uh, the point was made that that money could be invested into you know, whether it be social or pro program right, right, right. education. Um, so there's a big movement on defunding the police. Do you think, do you agree with that? Mm, I'd have to do some research, you know, but I think the fact that we're having a conversation is the, is the real wheel turning. Like, yo, it's like, yo, it's the best thing you could have just told me is that there's a conversation to change. Whether or not that change is good or bad or even happens, we should all do our research. Everybody do your due diligence. Go out, learn as much as you can. You know, the biggest problem I think that a lot of us have uh, in, America, in America, and I'm not even going to say us immigrants or uh, children of immigrants, but just everybody, is nobody understands the law. None of us understand the law. We don't know what our rights actually are. And so when we're confronted, what's that? 
Sorry to interrupt you. I'm saying not, not even a lot of those officers know. Oh man, who's that talking? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's our third co-host. Oh yeah, man, BX Craze Wagwan. He said not even a lot of a lot of those officers that are uh, killing individuals, even they don't know the law. So that uh, no, but that's exactly what I was getting to. Yeah, he's correct. So, so here we are in a situation where two people don't know what's going on, and we know that the officer should know the law, or we know that the officer um, uh, should be able to handle the situation. But then we find out that they think they have like a couple weeks training. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't actually teach them the law. And because of course, we're in a country where every state controls, you know, so much of their own thing, uh, every state and every county could have their own way of doing things. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, um, coaches in a sport, they all, you know, some of them have, uh, you know, Pat Riley's and Phil Jackson's. And some of them have, you know, super bum coaches. And so we have to um, live in a constant state of fear. And I mean that as the police do too, because the police are terrified. They don't know the law. They don't know um, what it is that a, a person is going to do. And so they react because they just want to go home. They just want to go home. They just want to go home. Yes, I don't doubt that tons of them get off on BS, but when they're in a situation, yo, they want to go home and you want to go home, but you don't have a gun or you can't draw your gun. You know what I'm saying? And so there has to be a lot of education. And so everyone, whatever it is, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot what you were, the, the, the law that you were talking about. You don't have to re-explain it, but you know, whatever the laws are, whatever the conversations are that are talking about change, um, before you jump on board, do research um, and not Twitter research. Everything's there to Google. Everything's there to, um, to, there's always numbers that you can call. There's actual libraries out there in the world. I know we drive past them all the time and we're like, yo, what, 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 are people, <laughs> yeah. what is, you know, like, you know, what is, what do people go in there for? But, you know, there's, there's a lot of information that we refuse to take in because we're worried about a lot of people that don't care about us. We worry about celebrities more than anything. I don't remember in my life being so celebrity concerned. Um, I probably get something in my feed at least once a day for sure about um, future's baby mamas. And it's like, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like, yo, who's talking about that? Who's really talking about that? And as a, and as a like um, as a big man, you know, as a man, why would I want to talk about that? Why would that be something I'm concerned with? You know, so I'm trying to change my life algorithm. You know, that's 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 that that is a minute um, capsule snapshot of life right now. And if I gotta go off the grid and if I gotta stay here for another six months, I'll do it. Whatever, because I need to change that algorithm. I don't care what a Kardashian does. So why is that more important coming to me than things that will help me learn how to grow my own food, um, capture my and, and cleanse my own water, um, make my own clothes, and you know be self-sufficient? Which is after these last two things we just saw, totally, totally possible, totally possible. 
that's the only one positive we could take away from COVID and everything that's going on. Um, you learned like every, everybody during COVID became like a plant dad or like a plant mom. Everybody's been growing plants or cooking and cooking too. But you, I think that the fact that you know, what you were talking about earlier, mental space. You know, you were able to unplug and recharge and put yourself in a really good mental space. Um, that's that 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 was the best thing for me from from COVID. Um, do you subscribe to the, the, there's this argument about good cops and bad cops? Do you subscribe to those labels? I'd have to. I'd have to. Um, because we're dealing with humans. I could never blanket and say all cops are bad. Um, I personally know uh, two police officers. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that both of them are caring. They love their communities. They really want to see people do better. Everybody in the community knows them. They're genuinely somebody that when they're off their job, you would want to hang with in real life. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things, man, where it don't take many to make everybody look, uh, insane. It just happens to be that, um, I think that if you look at like, I used to work at a a corporate job, I used to work at IBM and I believe that when I got into IBM, um, I began to take on the culture of IBM. Yeah. And when I began to take on the culture of IBM, um, I began to learn how to lie to people. I began to learn how to steal. I began to learn how to um, uh, um, uh, deceive in a legal way. Um, IBM taught me that. IBM taught me. They gave me scripts. They gave me classes on how to trick consumers and how to get people to buy. I was uh, working in the mainframe department. They had three, there's three different things. It's a, you know, um, 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 home, which is like your laptops and those kind of things, then mid ranges and then mainframes. And then uh, I made IBM like, I think like, like 2 million every quarter, me one, me one person. And so when you're in a, in a, in a 5,000 people, building that are all making one company two million dollars um every quarter you start to um you know get indoctrinated in this idea of success and this idea of what we're doing is better is good for everybody and um you know it revealed itself eventually that uh this was not just unhealthy for me this is unhealthy for society this is an unhealthy way for us to 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 actually function as a society. And so I was able to see those fires and those flags after a while. It was like, I got Thanos snapped right out of it. I was like, oh, whoa, hmm. like this isn't, I don't want to do this, you know? Um, and so I believe that they get into that same thing where you'll see somebody put his knee on someone's neck for eight minutes and see and hear him screaming for his mom. But you'll turn your back and push people away from stopping the murder because you're indoctrinated. You can't, you can't make a judgment call that, that goes away from this fraternal order that you've been, um, you've now become a part of. What you're saying is exactly like you hit that shit really, really like spot on 
But that's what makes me feel the opposite of how you feel. That's why I feel that there's no such thing as necessarily a good cop, right? And and it's not to say like the, the dudes that you're talking about, and I know some dudes too, cops, and like when they're not wearing their cop uniform, great people, I, I would love to hang out with them. You know, like I'm sure that those dudes are good dudes, but the, the point that you just made is that, is that once you put the uniform on and you take on that persona, that identity, and your mind tells you, you know what, instead of doing the logical thing, which is like, tell this person, bro, get your knee off this person's neck. Clearly they're in distress. You know, that's not, you're saying, your mind tells you, I need to go against what my own logic says and follow the orders because I'm part of this indoctrinated group and this brotherhood thing means more than this person's life you know so, so yeah. I feel like that's why I feel like there's no such thing as a good cop because the minute that you put that on and you take that on your persona like you can't be considered a good cop like you're, they're all bad as a as a right. as a the whole the role is like a bad thing you know what I'm saying right and I think you're um I agree with you more than I even agree with myself I think your point is a much more accurate point to the reality. I just wanna, I just, I just like to give these like allowances, but your point, I can now support, I can, I can be truthful and support. Level, they are good. there are people that are cops that are good people, right? Like that they're good people. And I, I get what you were trying to say too, which I, I, in way, I, I know people that, that are cops and are good people. But I feel like when people say a good cop, I don't, I don't personally agree with that. Like, it's that just uh, when you're a police officer and you hold some of your colleagues accountable, um, you put your life in danger because yeah. next time, when you're the one making the call, they're not going to come for you. They're not going to bail yeah. you up. They're not going to bail you up. They're not going to back you up. But, but just to, um, just to finish what I was saying real quick, um, you know when. Uh, when I listen um, to what the brother said, and I and then I, I I look at the actual truth in that, there's just an undeniable truth in that. Um, I then say to myself, "Yo, you know what I just did? Is I just talked about two people in my experience of hundreds, mm -hmm. which means." I've had hundreds of bad experiences. Hmm. And I'm trying to balance that. I'm trying to weigh that yeah. with two people and act like that's a weight that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Saying something like, yo, there's no such thing as a good cop actually makes more sense in the reality of the situations we find ourselves in than the very hopeful and very, um, you know, um, personal there's some good, some bad. I'm going to stay with the some good, some bad, but I have to acknowledge that the brother is speaking nothing but facts, straight facts, and that my own experiences say, man, that's kind of wild that you have to really dig super deep to a personal experience to, to, to mention a good cop versus I could ramble for, for, for days here about bad cops you know, and my bad cop experiences. I mean, it's even, it goes even further where like for me, I remember unfortunately January of 2019 going through domestic violence 
and having a choice between picking, okay, do I call the cops and make the cops look bad in front of my daughter, which I already fear for no reason. I fear the cops for no reason. It's something that was just instilled in me. Yo, you, that's the cops. You obey the law. You don't do anything to go above it. You try not to get in trouble. You don't get tickets. You don't get speeding tickets. You don't get no tickets. Like, you <coughs> chill. Like, you chill because your life is on the line. Calmate. You know what I mean? So then, do I, what do I do? Pick my life or pick my daughter being scarred for life with officers that she already views in a semi-innocent way? So what do I do? All right, cool. I'm going to put my own life on the line. I'm going to let this one rock for that same reason, because I didn't want her to have that premeditated, like, okay, all cops are horrible. I know very, I know many good cops, many good cops that have done nothing but protect me and my daughter through my time alone in my time in New York and my time in Florida. And I have had nothing but great experiences, but that doesn't mean I'm not also scared of them. And that doesn't also mean I wasn't raised that way to be scared of like even getting a speeding ticket because that's just not right. Breaking the law is not okay. And these are conditions that we get kind of brought onto. And now it's like, okay, moving forward, how do I teach this to my daughter? How do we move forward? Does she get scared of the cops? Do I not scare her of the cops? Do I teach her? What do I teach her? Where do we go from here? You know, and at the end of the day, like I said earlier, I had to tell my, I had to remind my mother, because obviously we are of white Latin descent, that, hello, your granddaughter is black. She's an Afro-Latina. She is a black Latina child. Do not forget that. It doesn't matter who she was raised by, where she is raised by, whether it's in Boca Raton or not, where she was born. This is who she is. And as a child, like I, as her mother, need to educate and grow above that. It shouldn't be like that also. Like uh, it, it, you shouldn't, nobody should be as scared or afraid to, to call the cops. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're in a situation like that. Oh, don't call the cops. Don't call the cops. I understand that, but that's that's the reality of the world that you live. But it's scary. It's scary to have to because either you scare your kids or it escalates worse. Like yes, so that's that's the issue. Jayla, what you were taught was right, which is you should fear them. They're not your friends. They don't. They're not. They're never. If you talk to a cop and you tell him about something and he thinks it's information that may that one of his. Uh, co-workers, supervisors may find interesting. Guess who's going to go and tell them? I have a great story. I have a great story. I had a friend, really close friend, who I housed in my home for months because he had nowhere to go. He got shitted on by our ex-boss. Everything. I took care of him. He he was an ex-cop, decided to join the police academy in Florida. Cool. During that time, obviously, they give you a lie detector test. Obviously, I am of a floral of arrangement type of person that I go beyond my means and I love natural medication. So he could not lie about that, but also did not tell me about the tests. So he started being weird, distancing himself. Mind you, I took care of him. I housed him. I didn't ask for anything. I made sure that he was here while I was going through my time with my husband and my daughter and everything that I was dealing with. And I took care. And what happened? He turned his back on me to his blue stripe. 
because he couldn't lie to his people about the the type of people he knew. And I quote, and I said, that's not what I need in my life. And I completely cut off because that's not even okay. That's that's just how it is. How do you feel about people that say all lives matter? Uh, It's annoying. Um, And I understand that people want to seem smart and people want to seem clever and people want to seem different and people want to go against the grain. And uh, in my personal opinion, um, and all lives matter is, is uh, let's go back to new norm. Uh, It's a new norm clout chase. Yeah. Um, It's a new norm clout chase. It's the new way to get, um, to disrupt um, or to be a um, to be a person that comes off as an independent thinker, and I think that that's very um, it's very like consistent with the people that I know personally that I've seen post that they are yo I, I'm talking about they all are the same type of person that's like they need to argue on social media they, they live for it. No, that's the devil's so, uh, devil's advocate people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you start to realize that there are some people out there that um, when it comes to like, say for instance, if Asians um, uh, were going through a situation and they had a, um, a hashtag and, you know, and it was an Asian hashtag and it, it would not bother me. It doesn't bother me. And I support your hashtag. Yo, I support you with a protest. Let's get out there and talk about it. I don't see why I need to go over there and say, yo, you Asians don't understand that, yo, we all go through this. And so you got to include me in your community's issues. And that's just whack of me. Um, There was a really good video. I don't know if you guys saw it, of a white lady who was talking about, uh, was it cake? She did such a good analogy of cake. I'm, I'm going to mess this up. But she was like uh, trying, she said, when I'm with my white friends, I try to explain to them that there's Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. And it's like, um, it's like these, these, a cake. And if everybody in the room got a slice of the cake, except for the Black person, um, and the Black person goes, hey, I haven't gotten any cake and I really love some cake. And then everybody in the room goes, but everybody needs to eat cake. Um, and then he's like, okay, I know everyone should eat cake. I get it. But I would also like to eat cake. And then they go, but we all want to eat cake. And so mm-hmm. stop crying. We all like cake. So stop crying. And he's like, yo, I'm never getting any cake. I've never gotten any cake. Why can't I also eat some of the cake that you guys also get to eat? And they're just annoyed and going, yo, my man, we all like cake. Chill. Calm down. And let us eat our cake. Uh, and I just thought it was a really good analogy because it shows just how much we, in all honestly, um, don't fuck with each other. Yes. And so I've, I'm not saying like when I see an All Lives Matter uh, thing that it bothers me, but it does allow me to assess these people who are my associates, because my friends would never say that, but people that I do business with and people that I'm associating with that have said that, it allows me to assess um, a lot of what I need to go further 
what I need to go forward with uh, and who I will be going forward with. And so I really appreciate these times. I appreciate Twitter and I appreciate Instagram for allowing me to see people in a light that I might not have gotten to see because we were just so cool and we were making money together. Uh, and, you know, and a lot of things like that. Like, let me tell you something. I, if you guys don't mind, I'll stir the pot a few times just so yes, that everybody's watching on the, yeah, just so that everybody on the, Yo, yeah, when man, the, the grass is cut, the snakes are show, bro. Nope. Yeah, man. Just so that everybody in the live can, um, can get some, get some, get, can stand up, sit up in the chair a little bit. But, um, you know, uh, today's topic obviously are the Dominicans. Are the Dominicans for blacks? Are the Dominicans against blacks? Do the Dominicans consider themselves black? Do they, you know, do they not? Um, I know tons of Dominicans. Tons, right? Easily, easily one of my, if it's not Jamaican, that's my other group of people. Like, I mean, the I, islands are so close to each other. It's not and a, they're so close yeah. and the cultures are so hilarious. Nobody can, nobody can tell me that there's more funny people coming out of Dominican Republic than any other country, right? Like in the Caribbean, like DR, yo, the motherfuckers run the internet when it comes to jokes. They should be funny as fuck, right? <laughs> that little dude, the little, the little um, dwarf guy, and yeah, yeah P.O., yo, all, all of them, yo, yeah. they're killing it, right? Um, and so I find myself when I'm with my Dominican friends, I'm crying, bro. I'm crying. They are funny as fuck, right? And so now here we go. Here's, here's this, uh-oh, you know, everybody on Dykeman, what are they doing? Oh, I'm and glad then, you're bringing this up because me and Craze are from that neighborhood. And yeah. we know the people that are, we're both Dominican. And we know the people personally that we're responsible well, for. Well, can I tell you what? What can I tell you? Can I tell you what I've gathered from yeah. what I've seen, and then you guys can correct or uh, add on to the build. I've watched tons of videos. I know a few people on Dightman, quite a few. First of all, let me talk about my my personal circle of people. All of them, BLM. All of them, I'm black. All of them, I'm Afro-Latin, like all of them, all of them claim their African side. None of them are like, nah, you know, none of them. So it was amazing to see that. Then when I saw the videos of what was happening, I personally, I think maybe just because it might just be a hood thing and I get it. It's like one of those things where like, you know how you can go into any ghetto in the world and you can look around and go, I, I get it. I understand. I understand what that guy's doing. I understand what that guy's doing. I understand how this economy works, how this system works. I get it. I can look at the videos and I don't feel or see what I think I've seen a lot of people portray. What I, what I saw was dudes that were like, nobody's coming on the block. I do not know you. And to me, Nothing wrong with that. Like, yo, you guys just can't come on the block. And I, 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 I got into a conversation with one of my friends that's, that's black that lives uh, off Dightman. And he was like, yeah, I go home with no problem. It's not, it's, it's not really like, yo, he's black on site. It's like, yo, we don't know you. Yeah. We don't know you. And so you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, 
but I think that this has flared up off of a few 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 clips. It it's also it's also deep rooted though. It is deep rooted. There are mad Dominicans that are that are on some other shit, and so therefore it's a conversation that needs to be had. It needs to be addressed. But I personally didn't see anything that was like, "Yo, Dominicans don't really fuck with us like that." But you guys could tell me what. Um, well, growing up in DR, um, our racism is more based on class. So, like Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, you can be told, like, I'm from Santiago, uh, an area where, in Santiago where I'm from, is predominantly, like, Spanish. You know, even though my grandmother's from Africa and we're mixed, I'm, I'm a little lighter, you know. And there's areas where you get the really dark black Dominicans. And even in our own country, you know, there is some racism that exists. But on Dykeman, intention versus impact. The intention of what was going on there was supposed to be more of, let's try to safeguard our, our businesses on Dykeman. And if we don't want the looting to happen here, which I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that's a great intention. But at this moment in time, I don't give a fuck about looting. Those, those stores, those shops, all of them have insurance. You know, if there's a protest that's happening, people are angry, they're enraged, they're upset. So if looting happening, it's a part of the game. It's a part of it. Yeah, and but you know, the, the reality is that a lot of those old school... Well, let, let, me finish, let me finish that point to where it got to. So there's we're in this day and age where there's videos being taken immediately and a lot of the people that were there, like I know the mayor, I know him personally. So <clears throat> things got out of taken out of context on the internet, but there was already a layer of Dominicans don't think they're black yeah. that existed. And I think when the video came out, it added to that. Absolutely. Is some truth to that? A thousand percent. What happened on that block? Was it miscommunication or whatever it was? I just know that the guys that were there, they did apologize and they made a video together. But that's why we made the episode previous to this, because I, I think that served as a distraction or something to talk about other than what the what we really need to be talking about. Yeah. And I'm glad yes. they did another video and they they talked about the unity, you know, and how it was miscommunication. Because now we all right, you guys talked about it. It became something that was online. Yeah. But forget about that. This is Black Lives Matter. We want to defund the police, repeal 50A. We want things to change. So let's get back to that subject. Um, so that's how I see that situation indictment. And for me and Craze and Lou, it angered us because yeah. we've poured, we've actually put in work there as organizing community events, doing cleanup events, feeding the homeless. We go way back. We were on the front page of the Manhattan Times, which is the main newspaper from there. And for it to be portrayed in that light kind of uh, upset me. Yeah, I not mean, look, you want to jump on a video and say, oh, that's not what's going on, bro. Because I, I wasn't there at the situation. I didn't know. I didn't know the other guys that were there. Yeah. I just knew who organized the event. And I knew the intention was right. But the impact came out wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, bro. I think that the, the concept that um, of protecting the businesses was part of that distraction. I feel like, you know, I, you know, I love the mayor and I feel like I think what he 
when he tries to organize stuff, his, his intention is always, you know, a positive one. He's a positive yeah. dude. He's not a racist dude. The mayor is black, you know, like he's not um, black. Um, but I think that the issue is that Dominicans, we do have to acknowledge. I, I feel like there's another thing that's going on there. And like you said, it was partly a distraction, but we have an inherently racist, you know, way of looking at things uh, for the Dominican public. Even people that are Dominican that have black. I think that's just a, a Latin culture thing, period. I don't think it's just Dominicans. I think it happens whether with Colombians. It happens in yeah. El Salvador. It happens in Costa Rica. It happens in Mexico. It happens in every one of our countries that the lighter system is the better system. And that's what there we are taught. Don't, don't, don't ruin your race by bringing me yeah. a black girl. Or, you know, she yeah. has bad hair and shit like that. I mean, it, it was, it was, I think it was nice because it, it stirred up a conversation that we, as Dominicans need to address internally, but yeah. shit like that gotta stop, you know? The, the, it, was the, that, it was just whack that the mayor and, and the folks up there, cause I feel like the people that were involved with it, we, we kind of know the people up there. Like, I mean, and they were portrayed in a bad light. And I uh, think one of the other things that I, I will say that made me not really be too crazy about it. Um, and, you know, I hope the mayor doesn't get mad about, about me saying that. But like siding with the police on it, in having a way, the police present at that. Yeah, point. having the police there, I think, is what made it bad for me. You know, I feel like I, I, well, afterwards, when, when it, the the spin on it was something else, then it, it turned to something else. But initially, when I saw the message, or whatever, I kind of didn't really like seeing them kind of siding with the police. And it's not that the police are bad, but it's just that's that to me felt like it wasn't on message. You know what I'm saying? Like we, no, protesters, police brutality. You know, it didn't add on to the narrative of Black Lives Matters when they're here, they're here chasing their own people and siding with the police. It just wasn't a good. That helped to frame that way uh, of like people looking at it like, oh, are, are y'all being racist or whatever? Because they were they kind of had the police, you know, as a part of it. And I, I just felt like they didn't really part part of what they did. And we talked about this earlier um, in the other episode was that. That shows you the fact that they were willing to stand up and protect the businesses and do that. It shows you that we got some stand up dudes uptown that maybe we don't need as much police uptown as they Isn't tell us. The neighborhood you know, takes care of itself. Um, the neighborhood needs to be able to take care of itself. And there's stand up dudes like the mayor that, that are doing community work and do do that kind of stuff, um, even though they partner sometimes with NYPD because the mayor has tournaments and stuff like that. Like he does a lot of good work up there. So I feel like. I didn't like that it was kind of used to discredit him in a way, but like you like you mentioned, it was part of this whole machine that we got on social media right now to distract us of what we really need to be talking about, which is what, we, what did we say, Rick? Defund the police. Defund the police. Repeal 50A, and not just well, they were arrested and charged yesterday, but also prosecuted. Yeah, convictions, convictions. Because that's what you want at this point in time, right? Now. There's a lot of them that get off the hook. You, you'll see that they get into some, they get on paid administrative leave. Then let's, hope that. let's hope this time around they actually get convicted. That's what that's what I think what people are, are kind of still don't want to celebrate it necessarily as a win. Because it's like, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I got the right charges now. Let's see if y'all gonna follow through, you know, on those charges. You know? 
Washi, with uh, moving forward, like, I mean, obviously, I know um, we're in these times right now, and but I know in some way, shape, or form, we still have to kind of feed the family and move forward and still get kind of get to work. Where do you see yourself going from here post-COVID? Uh, it's not clear. Uh, things were set in motion, uh, and they've all been canceled. But, you know, to be honest with you, if anything has been a big lesson in this whole thing um, is that it's going to be all right. It's going to work itself out. Um, that doesn't mean don't do nothing, but that does mean um, begin to tap back into that creativity, begin to, to work towards ideas. Um, most importantly, if I could speak to the masses right now, um, um, I believe that communication and collaboration are the biggest um, uh, you know, tools that you can use at this time. Uh, I don't have everything, you don't have everything. We both don't have anything happening. Instead of me trying to do this on my own, I need to collaborate with people. Uh, let's say I wanted to use my personality as a tool to get out there and see if I can um, speak and see if some money can come from that. I need help with camera people. I need help with people that know how to edit. I know people that understand tech. Um, and you know, there's there's several ways that everybody can amplify whatever it is that they're doing, uh, but communication and collaboration are key. So this is not the time to be a loner. This is the time to get out there and tap in, tap in, tap into your circle. Um, I also want to say that uh, I find that a lot of people before the pandemic were getting away with stuff without having to put the work in. They were very much uh, able to buy their way in. And I don't believe that we're gonna be seeing as much of that as before. I believe now we're gonna see a lot more people that actually work hard, are talented, and really grind out. And so to you people out there that are listening, if you are one of those people that you've not really seen much come from your hard work and your grind, I think that this is gonna be your time. I believe that this is the time that you absolutely do not stop. Uh, I believe that this is the time that you rev it up because a person with money right now doesn't really have that many places that he can spend it um, or, you know, things like that. And so when people are getting to where they decide to spend their investment, I believe that they're going to invest in the people that are truly talented and work hard. And so hopefully over this last three months, everyone has done some form of self-evolution and that everyone has been able to think about what it is that they really want for their life. And if working for a job is what you want, I am not mad at that, salute to you. Uh, but for the people that found themselves in situations that were not most favorable to what they would like to do, I do think that hopefully this time you've worked diligently on what it is that you want to do. So I'll answer that question by saying that there are several things that I've been wanting to work on at this time, allowed me to begin working on. Uh, I don't want to mention them, but I want to continue working on them and I want to bring them to you when they are ready to be brought to you. Um, so I'm sure we'll have another conversation. I really like this show. And I really like uh, what this show seems to be about, which is topics that matter to people. And so I'm fine. I'm fine. 
I used to sell hats in the street. I used to sell fake New Era hats in the street. I used to walk around uh, on 441 and 183rd Street in Miami. Yeah. And I had the link to China. And I used to sell fake, fake, very fake New Era hats. I used to sell cassette tapes. Uh, I'm going to be fine. I've always been a grinder. Um, in Jamaica, I used to hustle in the street. Uh, anybody out there that's 35 and up, you'll remember me from Halfway Tree, which is the center of Jamaica where all the bus traffic and everything goes. And I used to go out there and I used to sell anything I could. And so a lot of people know me already and know that that's the way I've always been. And so this is not going to change anything. It's just going to focus more on things that are a little bit more digital, a little bit more technologically advanced. And so I spend a lot of hours a day working on learning uh, a lot of these things so that I can move forward with the industries that I think are going to be big very, very, very soon. So again, um, I'll be fine, but hopefully everybody out there can work on what they need to work on. I was going to say, what was the most random thing you found yourself doing during this quarantine? Because I know everybody's been picking up random hobbies. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, farming. You know, I, I never thought I would be out here trying to farm. Yeah. But then I realized that the reality of not knowing exactly what it is a seed, each seed needs, was is a horrible It's a what? Like, yo, I'm Jamaican living in Jamaica, but I've been in America so long that I've disconnected. And at the moment that the supermarket shut down, it's like, oh, yo, you know, you and of course, you know, all of us Caribbean people um, and to anyone out there that's from the third world, anywhere in the world, you can relate to your power getting cut off every single day. Um, yeah. You can relate to cold showers, of course, like nobody you know, um, all of us have, have personally killed a chicken. Um, but when we get to America, we totally forget what it is to kill a chicken. We take those things for granted. We take those things for granted. You know, we forget what it is to, to sit on that, that bucket with that chicken in the bucket fluttering and just like, you know, just trying to like, like, yo, that chicken, you know, I, I mean, I, I remember the process. It came back to me like this. I was like, oh yeah, I cut his neck. You know, I drop him in the hot water, I defeather. Then I, you know, let the blood drain, da da da. You know, you, you remember immediately, you know, and I don't eat meat, but I understand these things. And mm -hmm. so when I, when I got back, um, when I decided to quarantine here, um, I got back in touch with a lot of the things that I think I'll be able to never shake. You know, I can make, I, yo, I'm a papaya god right now. You know, <laughs> like, yo, what, what, what y'all want? How many different mangoes do you guys want me to describe right now? Um, you know, um, there's just so many things that, um, so you're going to uh, have to, you're going to have to sell some land in Miami and get a bigger, bigger space to grow, huh? Yeah. That's the, that's the key, man. And that's probably a good way to, uh, that's a probably a good, um, message to everybody out there, no matter where you live, um, hopefully in the far back of your mind, you're realizing that if you are in a place where they cut off your food and water supply, you will pretty much be at their mercy. And so hopefully there can be some movement, right? Like if you're living in New York City, can you do what you're doing in a warmer climate? You know, if you can, maybe you start to think about that and you say to yourself, yo, I'm going to actually need some land. I'm going to really need some land. I'm going to need a place where I can grow my own. I'm going to need a place where I can collect my own water and purify it. Um, and so that's the main thing I think. And yeah, that definitely sounds weird coming from a guy who, who went to high school in Miami um, and totally came, you know, is in Jamaica like, yo, 
I don't know how to grow any of these plants. I totally lost the ability to connect with nature. And, um, and that was probably, that's, that's definitely the thing that, um, that happened in this quarantine. That's awesome. So on this show, we do a segment called three, two, one, um, where you give us three things you've been watching or listening to, uh, two things you've uh, been reading, and then one thing you're doing to keep your mental space in a good air and uh, your, your, your sanity in a good space. Yeah. So. Man, this is just a weird book, right? It's just called Passing Through. But here's the thing, man, is, yo, it doesn't even matter, right? It's just like, yo, I have a whole library of books that I'm getting a chance to finally, like, look at. It's just like, yo, of course these aren't my books. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? You know, but we're going to read it, right? It's just like, yo, it's here. We just start flipping through it. Um, um, I've actually gotten... Um, caught up on one of my favorite magazines and I know this is too but uh, one of my favorite magazines is a magazine called Fast Company Um, I really love that magazine I feel like it's for people like me who are entrepreneurs and who want to see what other entrepreneurs are doing and so I've been able to catch up I've read like 12 for the year for like a year (laughs) Um, and I've also tapped back into my first love before DJing which was architecture and I've, yo, I've been like learning so much. I've gotten into rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole on architecture and design because I do believe that as I come out of this um, dependency on club life, mm-hmm. that this is something that I will love just as much. I'll feel just as fulfilled and I can be happily doing this for the rest of my life. And so architecture is something that I've been looking at super heavy, man. I'm into it, into it, into it. Oh, I'm, um, I'm... Yeah, the, the, uh, I don't remember what one was, but three was uh, TV shows. So I will say um, to kind of reinforce that I did not waste this time. And that doesn't mean I couldn't have watched like documentaries or I couldn't have watched like um, certain things, um, but I didn't really want to waste this time. Um, I watched the Jordan documentary because everybody was like, yo, it's, it's inspirational, yo, it'll light a fire. So I did watch that and that was good. Um, there's an old show that I used to really like that apparently just came back. So I'm going to watch it. It's called The Hundred. It was like a sci-fi show that I was really into. And um, that would probably be it. I still haven't watched Game of Thrones. I, I haven't watched like- Me neither. Don't feel bad. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> think I can, I just don't think I'll do the 70 hours. You know, I, I just don't think I'll do it. Um, Cause I'll look back at that 70 hours and I'll be like, I could have learned a language. So much, yeah. You know? Did you get to watch that? the Tiger King on Netflix? I saw enough memes to get the gist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the best thing, right? Is that, you know, you turn on your phone and people begin to take huge moments and give you microscopic uh, views of it and you get the gist of it, you know, especially if it's something that it doesn't really matter in your life. You're pretty good with that. Now on things that really do matter, you don't want to do that. You want to go research, watch for yourself and get to know what's going on. But when it comes to um, things about uh, like a guy who um, owns tigers and a girl who killed her husband, 
it's like, I don't care. And so I got it. These are, I get enough to know that this is funny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's like, you know, it's like, yo, thank you, Daquan. You know what I'm saying? And like, <laughs> I'm good. The uh, one is one thing you did to keep your sanity during quarantine. Okay, right, right. Got you. Yeah, man. So the one thing I did to keep my sanity. Um, I, the question suggests something different. And so I just want to be clear that my answer to the question does not mean in any way that I was losing or would have lost. I've never not... Uh, been grounded and uh, been surrounded by people who really love me and um, I don't have any lack of love or friendship. And so I'll answer the question, but I do want to make it clear that that setup might suggest that there is some kind of like, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> I watch people with memes all the time who yeah. would always talk about losing their mind and things like that and in a joking way. And I was always like, yo, these are the people I should probably not fuck with. Yeah. Because, like, uh, for instance, there would be a friend of mine who um, I know she's a loser. Like, I know she's a loser, right? I know it. I know it. And her life just really just can't, can't get together. She can't motivate herself to do anything. And every single day for, like, the first three weeks of quarantine, meme after meme after meme about being bored until I finally, like, had to be like, yo, the fuck is wrong with you? This is a great <laughs> opportunity yeah. to do something that you've been wanting to do for a long time. And then I realized through that conversation, there was nothing that she wants to do. She doesn't have any ambition at all. She does not have a goal, a personal goal. Like, you know, like I'm talking about down to the bare minimum of like lose weight, exercise, like bare minimum, nothing. She had no goal. She feels like her life is as good as it gets, and um, no joke, I'm not gonna lie, not to, make, not to make this seem like this is like a bad thing, mm -hmm. but her job is she, um, she cleans, uh, she cleans um, airplanes, right? Mm -hmm. And um, she would always post things complaining about cleaning airplanes. And so in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, well she don't wanna do this, this is just a hustle to get to something else, cool, no problem. Mm -hmm. But then when you realize, nah, she, she's going to clean airplanes for a very long time. Yeah. She's going to clean airplanes for a very long time because she has no ambition to do anything else. And that's and when, you know, like again. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. But people like that need someone like you in their lives. No, they don't. Because <laughs> guess what? <laughs> I ain't got the time or the energy. I need to, I need, I need people doing bigger things than me. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be around anybody that doesn't have ambition. Bro. From, from Yo, I'm sorry, brother. Yo, to me, if you don't have ambition in life to be, to achieve great in whatever you're doing, if you okay. clean airplanes, yo, you need to be working on being the manager and being the, you know, there's, yeah. guy, yo, you have no ambition. Get away. Nope, I, I do not need time. to Even with servers all. and people, that's why I don't feel bad sometimes. Like, you decided to be there. You have all the choices in the world. They get out of their own way sometimes. And sometimes you need someone, like, to snap you out of it. Because I... Yeah, I, but... When I remember... I, being, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Thank I me being, for saying something. Yeah. yeah, being in that, like, 16, 17, not knowing what the hell I wanted to do. But I always, I always surrounded myself with people that are doing shit. 
So I, I was like, damn, this guy's here. This guy's doing that. And I, I didn't realize till like I got into my 20s that I can't measure my success with theirs. I needed to I needed to keep them around to keep myself like, OK, he's doing that. Then I, I need to be stepping up my game also. Right. But, yeah. We need to surround ourselves with people. Yeah. We need to surround ourselves with people who we know are um, trailblazers in the sense that um, all of us are from the hood. So yeah. we watch somebody who we know personally or know through an associ uh, association uh, put one foot in front of the other foot in front of the other foot and they've achieved something. Um, and then all of a sudden you start to really do realize like, yo, I can do it too. So that's who you, I, I gravitate towards. This, this, this female is the kind of person that I actually stay far away from because all I'm going to do is waste energy and time trying to get that person to be somebody that they do not want to be. Yeah. And so I allow them to be who they are. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make Miami, I'm trying to open up Miami's version of La, La Marina. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to open up apartment 78 down in, in Miami. I'm trying to do my own thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah, man. So that's it. So to answer the question, um, I believe uh, that the best thing that I did for myself was all of the things that I talked about, reconnecting with nature, um, deciding that I was going to live a physically healthier life, um, and putting myself around uh, the people that, you know, to be honest with you, not, I'm not even going to say putting myself around. This pandemic really did allow for the people that weren't really a part of your life to reveal that. Yeah. You, you just disconnected from them. They didn't check up on you. You didn't check up on them. And that's not a bad thing, but it's a real thing. And you began to see the people that checked up on you and that you were checking up on. Those are the people that you kind of really fucked with. And so yeah. um, I'm, I feel really great and confident about my core. My core people are super amazing, hardworking people that are doing unbelievable things out there. And this uh, George Floyd is another drop off of a bunch of people. You look at you look at another set of people, and you realize, yo, this, that's another positive that's coming out of this. I get to move forward in life with less baggage. I understand where everybody's place is in life, and I know who are the people that are working with a vision that's closer to mine. The thing I think I've learned most than anything in this pandemic is to never underestimate the um, ability for people to see your vision, uh, which is a big big problem I think a lot of us have because we might dream super big but who do we tell that to who do we really bounce those ideas off of who do we really sit down with and say yo I got a crazy idea and that person turns to you and be like yo you can do this let's go so when you when you realize that you're you're in a space now where you have less friends you have less communication you're not going out there's no drinks after work there's no hangout on the weekends but you still have these ideas um, you really get to see who are the people that bounce, you can bounce the ideas off, who are the real people that are in your corner. And um, those are the people that you should move forward with. And so you get to put your vision in front of somebody else and you get to realize like, yo, my vision is not that crazy because I've surrounded my people with visions. I've surrounded myself with visionaries. And so they can see what I'm seeing and we can, I can see what they're seeing. Um, my quarantine sound clash, that's a crazy idea. Why am I having two DJs battle every single Sunday? It was one of those ideas that some people at the beginning were like, 
yo, man, people are not going to watch this because they only like to see it live. It's a thing that when you're live in person watching DJ's battle, yo, it's mind blowing. You're like, yo, the, the level of skill here is amazing. Why? It's going to be totally different, right? There's no crowd in front of them to feed off of. There's no da da da. And it ended up working. Um, and that's because I have surrounded myself with people that were like, yo, this is a good idea. And there's a person I know that can help or I can help. And it went forward really quickly. It went from an idea to an actuality in four days. Wow. It's beautiful. So big up everybody, man. Big up. I really appreciate anybody out there who's been a part of my life uh, before. Thank you so much for the time that we've spent. Um, I'm sure we'll see each other. We'll do laps and we'll, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't know if we're going to ever shake hands again in this world, but whatever it is, you, do, you know, if it's a, if it's a head nod or I don't know if a, I don't know if in the, I don't know if in the um in the countries of uh, where you guys are from if the nose and the mouth are like big uh communication tools but I'm sure they are. Yeah, so they you are. know you'll you'll be like you know you'll 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 acknowledge people the way you, you know you are. You, you we will in the new norm but uh I appreciate those people so much they allowed me to see um uh the things um more clearer now I'm able to move forward. And I would just move forward without them. Again, I appreciate them. Everybody, yo, the time we spent was amazing. But I'm, I move forward now with a much tighter core of people. And I know greatness is, 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 is on its way. Uh, I actually, I want to thank you because uh, you dropped a few gems here, you know. Sure. It's like having conversations with people that I always walk away with something out of that conversation. Sure, man. We, we really appreciate your insight and yeah. your outlook. Um, I need to learn a little bit about farming. That's been my profession too. I can't do it because I'm in an apartment in the Bronx. So I, all I got is my little plants, you know, like. But that's I, a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to grow some food. Um, I think it's dope that you get to do it out in Jamaica. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for um, for joining us. I'm sorry that I was a little bit late. Um, but <laughs> I got some technical difficulties over here. Nah, it's, a, it's all love, man. I really appreciate you guys. And this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Thank you, Jayla, for in, um, inviting me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for always joining and being so kind. And uh, we're always, we always have good conversation. And, you know, and I... Yeah, I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad that we can bring our private conversations that me and you have on, on a show. And hopefully people uh, walk away with this with some form of uh, motivation or inspiration. And that's all that matters to me, man. And you know, of course, all of us are out here, so anyone can reach any one of us. Um, I don't, um, I don't think we're in a space where people can genuinely act too busy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, anybody, you know, anybody who ever wants to just connect, man, I'm always down. Like I said, networking, collaboration, that is the key right now. So, if somebody sees something in one of us here um, that they go, "Yo, I need to collaborate with that person." because I think that me and that person will be able to make something insane, reach out because, you know, all, the most we can say is no. And especially right now, having just real conversations is super important. Real conversations, real communication. And connecting with um, someone. Real, yeah. like actually connecting with people on a real level, not just talking about what we have to talk about. It, it, mm -hmm. It's a nice feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to, I honestly, yeah, I tell this to all our guests. Anyone that comes on becomes part of the family. Um, and that's truly how it's been. We collaborate with, we still to this day collaborate with the first guest we have on to the last guest we have on. So welcome to the family. Thank you for coming on.
before La Familia. Dropping a lot of gems on us. And hopefully when this is over, we could, you know, share a couple of drinks uptown, you know. Notice, man. You know me. You know me and my mufungo, man. I don't play. <laughs> and then you know? we'll invite, and we'll obviously have to invite the boys to a rum and base when that comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to rum and base, man. You know, um, um good you know, times. Yeah, man, all the rum on me, man. You know, all the, all the uh, Brugal uh, on yeah. me. <laughs> so thank you for coming on, Chalky. I'm uh, Chalky. I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Chalky fire. Chalky I've, been fire. Watching, I've been watching Boardwalk Empire so much because I have never saw the show when it was originally on. And, like, I'm thinking, okay, I'm on season three, episode whatever, and Chalky White is on it, so Walshy Fire. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, big up, man. That's his name, man. Thank you. Yeah, man, big Thank up, man. You. Much respect. Everybody out there, if you got anything, just hit me up. Follow me on the Instagram. You know what it is. Don't know. One love, everybody. One, One love. love. Yeah, man.